open up the word today. Um, for us on staff, we have Thursdays off. That's why I had the three days off in a row. It was very good. It was very exciting. Unfortunately, these two guys were working hard, so I was able to take the three days for the team. It's what I bring. It's what I bring. Take it from the team. Rest well. There was some part of margin where I was talking about resting. I'm just putting that into my life, working it out. I enjoyed my three days off. It was a great, great long weekend, and I hope you've all enjoyed yours. This morning, as we do look at the last week of our Margin series, and you would have known if you've been here and tracking with us over the, the past four weeks that we've talked about scheduling margin, we've talked about last week financial margin, with that idea also that this Wednesday night here at Mero Cafe, there'll be a finance seminar taking place, if that's something you want to implement and get into your life. Um, a very good application is sign up and get amongst it. Um, you can do that. I've got a birthday party, but Ryan will be there. All sorts of resting I'm doing. But um, today what we are going to be talking about is this kind of margin that you may not have thought of before. Um, quite an important one um, as we look at the world around us and um, life being affected by it is this idea of moral margin. Um, yeah, right. Everyone take a deep breath. We're going there. We're going there, people. Uh, we are going there, Trish. Trudy. I'm a little bit on edge. I'm a little bit on edge up here. But I'd love to ask this question to you. And keep this answer to yourself as we do think about this internally. The question is, how many of you would know someone whose life had been affected by sexual immorality, immorality, this sexual sin? How many of us quietly, as I said, in ourselves, would have someone or potentially ourselves facing something like this, where sexual sin has been an issue and has been a problem for us? Um, for example, you may be, um, you know, th some of the thoughts and the, some of the examples that we see is, you know, someone who's struggling with pornography. And, you know, they don't set out to do that. They don't l look into that. But there's um, this pornography that has come where, you know, we see lives after lives being wrecked as a result of these lustful thoughts, these, uh, these images that bound and hold people um, there might have been something like that. Or perhaps, you know, someone who they've had sex before they were married. You know, perhaps they got pregnant, they got scared, they didn't know what to do and they had to abort that child. You know, maybe you may know someone like that. Or maybe there's, you know, someone where they've had this one night stand and sexual disease has got them and now they have to live with that. You know, maybe there's someone like that, you know. Or maybe there was a promiscuous person that, you know, through their younger years, they were out and about and had all these relationships and now they're settling down to be married and they've got all this baggage that they go into their marriage with. You know, maybe there's someone like that. Or maybe, the, you know, someone who's had an affair and they, they didn't plan on doing it, but suddenly one day they woke up and their very own marriage is um, on jeopardy because of this sexual sin that's been in their life. So I want to ask you that question again. How many of us over here would know of someone that has, has their life wrecked as a result of sexual sin? And my guess would be, without anyone saying a word, that for many of us, if not all of us, we would know somebody whose life has been affected as a result of this. So we're going to go there today. 
and we're going to look at what does that look like for each one of us to have margin in our lives where it's this moral margin that keeps us at a distance that um, you know we are safe and in a place where we are not going to be affected by this stuff in our lives so there is that interesting to me that you know when you hear of stories and when you hear of all these things that take place um, with this sexual sin you know no one ever sets out for that to be a part of their lives no one ever says well actually on my five-year goal you know within five years this is what I want to do I want to have a an affair with somebody no one ever I believe sets out to actually want to have that happen in their lives but we are seeing more and more that, you know, with pornography, where we see these images that are consuming and polluting people's minds, that that is setting in and filtering through and affecting a lot of people's lives. So for us today, we're, we're going to be looking at, well, how do we keep distance from that? How do we play, uh, live out our lives that there is such a distance that we are kept away from what that line is of temptation you know there's no one that sets out to do these things but um, we find more and more that people are falling into this trap you know people um, I don't know if they you know whether it's happened or not they they don't have this this idea of you know I want to be heading down that track but yet somehow our world that sometimes says, you know what, it's normal. It becomes normal for everyone. But we're going to be looking at how that doesn't affect us and how we can stay and remain away from that line. Here's what I've noticed when talking to people. The most common thing that I hear people say, you know, on this other side of sexual tragedy is that they would say that I never thought it would happen to me. You know, I never, ever thought that would be something that would happen to me or be affected in my life. You see, the same is that um, all these people have in common is that, you know, as they're saying, I thought this would never happen to me. You know, the one thing that we see is a lack of is this moral margin, is this margin that um, hasn't been in place to keep us in this safe place. So you may be saying, well, what is moral margin? You know, tell us exactly what that might look like for us. And it's exactly that. It's putting distance between you, between I and temptation. It is being putting distance between us and temptation. We're going to look at that and we're going to look at it in James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. And here's what James says. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he t tempt anyone. For each one is tempted when by his own evil desires. See, we are all sinners by nature. But over here, by his own evil desires, he is dragged away. And what? Dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The Bible says here that we are dragged away and enticed. That, you know, in this world where um, things are very normal, for us, we are just 
slowly, slowly getting dragged into and being enticed into this stuff. In the Greek word, it says, um, the word is dilzare, I like to say, might not be right, people. But if, you know, as that word is meaning entrapped, allure, enticed, or very literally means to hook. And when we look at that fishing term, hook means like bait, is um, that we are being hooked and bait. And the spiritual enemy over here is trying to hook us and trying to entice us and trying to allure us away from what the God standards are. That in, in here, this word, um, you know, that is given here is to entrap and allure. That for every one of us, that, you know, we walk about this world where um, the standards are, you know, somewhat different to what, um, what we would say is the way we want to walk out life. And the enemy and the spiritual enemy that is at play there is there to entice, entrap, allure, hook us into these things. So what does it look like um, to be able to stay away from that? You know, as um, we have that, we, we see that a lot of people get hooked and a lot of people get enticed and a lot of people get allured into this stuff. You know, and the, their response is, I never thought it would happen to me. I never thought it would happen to me. When hearing from people in relationships, you know, the most co- common question you hear above all else over and over again is, if I'm dating someone, this is newly in relationship, newly, um, you know, dating, not yet married. If I'm dating someone, how far can I go? How far is it okay that I can go to that line but don't cross over? How far am I allowed to go before it becomes the line, crossing over that line? You know, as you're dating, as you're um, newly, um, you know, in, with somebody, you know, things start to heap, heat up and the line gets there. And it's like, how far can I cr- go up to that line, edge that line, toe that line before I cross over and it's too far? What is that line? You know, you hear that a lot um, in, those, in the, the relationships and they ask that question, how far is too far? Which is really interesting because I don't think there's many other areas in our life where we ask that same question. When we ask that question, how far is too far? You know, you might have a gun and um, you might put three bullets in there and you spin it and you think, oh, I wonder how many times I need to click this before it actually hurts me. Or, you know, we live in this great south land where there's lots of other poisonous snakes that live here also. And we don't go up to a tiger snake and, and go over as far as we can go, to close as we can go to it. Before we think, oh, I wonder how far I can go before it bites me. We don't do that, do we? But in this area of our lives, we ask that question, how far can I go to that line before it's too far? How far can I go to that line before it's going to hurt me? But yet for some reason, in this sexual temptation, we, we challenge it to say, well, how close can I get without getting hurt? How close can I get up there before I get into trouble? In Corinthians 1, um, chapter 16, I want to look at these verses, 18 to 20. And you can go ahead and help me. This first word, let us all sink into it on three. Have we got it up there? Here we go. First word on three. One, two, three. Flee, people. 
flee from sexual immorality, it says. Do not hover, do not say, can I edge up to the line, but it says flee from sexual immorality. It means run away, shun, escape, distance oneself from sexual immorality. Get out of town, run as fast as you can, run for us, run. Flee from sexual immorality. Don't hover, don't ask the question, where's the line, can I go to it? But flee. That each one of us need to be running away from this stuff. You know, the Bible doesn't say flee from overeating. It doesn't say flee from gossip. Notice it says here, flee from sexual immorality. Don't ask yourself, how close can I get to it? But the wise person is going to put a bit of margin between ourselves and temptation. It's going to put a bit of margin between where we stand today to actually what could later on down the track get us into trouble. So as we start January... What a great topic to bring up, right? <laughs> I don't know how I dropped the short straw for this, but anyhow. You know, as we look at people's lives close to us, or perhaps we're even in that spot at the moment, that this stuff matters, that this stuff makes a difference, that this stuff has the power to destroy our lives, our families' lives. So when the word says here, flee, We've got to listen to this, right? We've got to listen to it. It says, flee from sexual immorality. There is actually a, a difference between sexual sin and other sins. You know, here in Corinthians 16, 18, it says, all other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. You might say, well, I thought all sins were the same. All sins, yes, separate us from God. But this sin, it says it's sinning against our own bodies. All sins cost us something. But then there's a difference, right? There's different consequences that happen. You might tell a little white lie, you know, maybe there's a surprise birthday party coming up and you've got to tell a few lies so that person doesn't know. I think that happened to me last year. And um, all this stuff, so you tell a little white lie, it's okay, it's, it's going to be all right, there's not going to be much cost to anyone, is there? Or you sped over 10 kilometres, hopefully not this weekend, it'll be double demerit points. And it, you're gonna, it's going to cost you a few points, it's going to cost you a bit of money, but it's not really going to have too much effect on you. Or maybe you gossip a little bit and that's going to cost you some friends for sure. But if you sin sexually, that can possibly cost you your job. It could possibly cost you your family. It could possibly cost you, you know, not being in relationship with your kids every single day. It could possibly cost you sexual disease self-esteem, reputation. You know, this sexual sin in our lives has a greater consequence. So today we're, we're in that space where we are going to dig in and put some margins between us and that. You know, one bad decision can cost us for the rest of our lives in this area. All other sins are outside of our body, but whoever sins against his own body Scripture goes on to say, we pick it up in verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? 
here's what the Bible says. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You might say, hey, it's my body. I can do with it what I want. In fact, if you're a follower and a believer of Christ, what this scripture is saying here is that this is a house of the living God. Your body is a, a temple, is a house of the living God where he resides. It is not your own, but for each one of us, we house the spirit of the living God in it. Let's not have sin get in the way of that, hey? Let's not let that be cluttered with all sorts of stuff that will entice us and allure us away. But we should honor our, our God with our body, it says. And the problem is here is that culture is going to tempt us in all, other, in all sorts of ways. You know, that's um, everybody else is doing all sorts of things and what we're doing probably isn't a big deal. And why we need margin in our life is um, to separate us from some of this stuff. That, you know, that the body that we have, the house that accommodates the very presence of God in, in, in us, that God says here that, you know, flee away from it. Flee away. This sin is different because it sticks with us. It sticks with you, it sticks with me. It's painful, it's emotional, and it's deeply spiritual as well. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, Paul said, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. I want you to think about that for a bit. There must not even be a hint, not even a hint of it in our lives. That, you know, the standards of what we live in and the world that we live in today, those standards are very low, you'd want to say. They are pretty low. But over here, as God says, that not even a hint of it, that he has a different standard altogether. You know, the world we live in is very different to what God calls us to. And what he calls us to is, you know, don't even have a hint of it in your lives. Not even a hint. There must not even be a hint of that. And the, the Greek word here as well is saying um, for sexual immorality is pornea. And we get that word porn from. What literally means is that it causes arousal outside of marriage. And that's what it means. That anything that causes that arousal outside of marriage, there should not even be a hint of it. There shouldn't be a hint of it. So if I ask you a question, you think about this for a bit. If the standard of God is truly so high... And there shouldn't be a hint that he is so holy and so much good he wants for us that he would say there must not even be a hint among God's people. That we ask ourselves this question. If someone dresses inappropriately such a way that some, someone's head turns and says, wow, according to God's economy, what would we, would we say that's a hint of sexual immorality you know for each one of us that you know as we live as we house the very presence of God in our lives how we dress matters how we um, look at things matter that you know we want to live this life 
that, you know, where there isn't even a hint of that in us. It is challenging, but when you look at the flip side, that when we see us as this house where God resides, that gets exciting. Where, you know, we create this body and this, this house where God himself lives and that we walk out from that. You know, for each one of us, um, there's all sorts of things and challenges that will come. And if we're dating somebody, you know, we might say, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing that, but we're not doing that. Is that okay? Would that be considered, you know, a good thing in today's world? But how is that according to God's economy? You know, there's all sorts of magazines and cosmos and, you know, how to drive your boyfriend wild five ways in bed and, you know, is that good? And it's sitting on our market shelves where our kids and everyone's seeing this. What would God say about that outside of marriage? Not even a hint of that should, should we have in our lives. But in our world, it is normal. You know, it is put there on the grocery shelf. But what else is normal here, and we talk about this sexual sin, is pain, is regret, is guilt, is insecurity, is fear, is lust, is divorce. That's exactly what is normal as the consequences of what happens when there's this stuff in our lives. Because if there's a line of what is right and wrong, and often we ask the question, well, where's that line so I can stand right to it? Well, in fact, there's infinite lines that actually should separate us from temptation. There's different lines that we cross thinking it's normal, thinking it's okay, because actually the thing that we shouldn't be doing is right over there. The affair is right over there. The adultery is right over there. But I'm just here, so it's okay. But for each one of us, as we're creating moral margin, there is a number of lines that separate us from temptation. That if we have them right in our lives, it will protect us, it will keep us safe from what um, temptation, what the hook is, what the lure is, what the enticement is. That for each one of us, as we look at that in our lives, what does that look like that will keep us away? Because I can guarantee you, every one of us don't want to mess up our families. We want to have this house of God without a hint of all this stuff in our lives. So for each one of us, what does that look like for the line to be right back, right over there and us over here? You know, all this stuff happens in our world because there is no moral margin. Because society says what is normal and what everyone else is doing, I'm not doing any of that, so I am okay. But in fact, excuse me, in fact, we inch our way closer and closer to that line of going too far. So as we think of this, think of this in your mind. Is it wrong to enjoy being with someone you know, talking to the opposite sex? You know, talking to them in such a way like is inappropriate because the moral line's right over there, but I'm over here. Is that okay? Have I taken a step closer? Is it wrong to share personal stories with somebody, you know, talking about your wife or your husband and talking about all these emotional things? Is that okay? You know, sexual, 
sexual affairs right over there. I'm over here. But it's another step closer. You don't see it coming, but it's another step closer. Is it wrong to anticipate being with a person? You know, get excited that you get to see them that day. Another step closer. Another step closer. Is it wrong to flirt with somebody who's not my spouse? You know, I'm, I'm not, not going to be doing anything bad, just, you know, flirting. You get a step a little bit closer. Is it wrong to start talking about my feelings and, you know, this is going on and emotionally con- connecting with the opposite sex? You step a little bit closer. You know, you might think the line is way over there. But as we keep stepping and stepping, talking about these things, talking about the problems in your marriage, talking about, you know, all this other stuff that's emotional, we inch closer and closer to that danger zone line. So as we're looking at where we sit today, who is in our world that we're talking with? You know, of the opposite sex or whatever. That are we connecting in a way where you think, ah, that's never going to happen to me because that line's right down there and I'm over here. No one ever sets out for that to happen. But we need to put these things in our lives where we are able to be far removed from them. You know, no one says, snakey, 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 can I come close to get bitten? So we've got to step back. We've got to create that margin in our lives between those who we work with, those who we hang out with, to be able to keep ourselves safe, that not even a hint of that is in our life. And I love to invite the the band up. I was listening um, to the news uh, just this week, actually, and um, some statistics I heard a little while ago that normal just isn't working at all when I look at these statistics that we see that according to one article, up to 65% of men and up to 55% of women will commit adultery before the age of 40. Not good, is it? And I heard on, I think it was Today Tonight or something like that, that just this week they were talking about there was something like 4,000 marriages per month in Australia. I think as we face this topic that, you know, we don't want to run away from that. We want to be protecting ourselves. In January, what does that moral margin look like for each one of us? That won't just be set up as a one-off thing, but we are reminded daily, weekly, monthly, yearly of how do we protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. Because there is an enemy that wants to allure us, entice us and take us out. And it doesn't just destroy our own lives, it destroys those around us. It is painful, it hurts, and we don't want that, do we? So as we wrap up today, I'd love to invite you to stand. And to know that um, we have, you can stand, we have Martin Sanders. Um, He is from the US, and um, if you've been around church for a while, um, he's going to be here uh, in February at the PM services. But also what we're going to be having is a couple's night, um, February the 22nd. I don't know if it's completely locked, but it's something around there. And you know what's really valuable? Last time he was here, we did this. And I was able to invite my cousins. 
who are having a real tough time in this area. So I'd invite you that if you hear this couple's night and in Feb 22nd, that's coming up, that, you know, I'd invite you to invite those that don't yet know the Lord to be able to get them along to that as well because this is just such an awesome course to be able to build into marriages and be able to help couples out. And he loves the non-believer. So you would be safe to invite them in. He just absolutely loves that. So I'd encourage you that, you know, this may not be facing us, but you may know somebody that it does. And so I'd love for you to um, be able to have that opportunity to invite them along to that. But as we go into this song, I would love that um, we just pray as we stand. That, you know, God is calling us, I believe, this year to something greater. That he wants to break chains over this area and people's lives. That he wants to set people free from the, the lure of the enemy. That he has the victory. The enemy doesn't have the victory. The victory is under our feet. And as we sing this song, here as in heaven, you know, the words are the atmosphere is changing here. You know, the atmosphere is changing here. But God is the God who changes people. God is the God who transforms lives. God is the God where the enemy is at work. God has won the victory. That we live in this world, but we are not of the world. That we walk as in, in heaven. We are bringing heaven to earth. We are the house of God. The spirit of the living God is in us and is working through us. So as the um, team are going to sing this song, I'd love to pray for us that we may not be facing this, but we may know someone that is. And let's just declare these words over our lives. That, you know, as we come into contact, may we be praying. There is a spiritual battle taking place, people. And um, we, we pray in the Spirit that God would have the victory, that we would stand strong for what He's calling us to, that we would see many people come to know the love of Christ in our community. And He doesn't want to take any one of us out. God is for you. God is with you. God is empowering us to walk this walk. He knows what we face, and yet He walks with us. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that, Lord, that as we, we stand here in January 2018, Lord, Lord, and we look at this idea, Lord, of sexual immorality, Lord, it faces our, our world. We, it's, Lord, it just has different standards to what we live in, Lord. But, Lord, we want to live according to your standard. That, Heavenly Father, let there not even be a hint that, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would, would show us when to flee and when to run and when to move away from this stuff, Lord. That you would prompt us, Lord, to be able to have the strength to run, strength to pull down that laptop, Lord, strength to turn that computer off. That, Heavenly Father, we pray that in this place, chains would be broken, Lord. That, Lord, chains would be broken, Lord. That over this sexual immorality, chains will be broken, Jesus, we declare that, Lord, we are living houses of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, that your, your very presence dwells with us. Heavenly Father, may it dwell so much so that the enemy has to flee. That the enemy has to go. Push it back, we pray in Jesus' name. 
that Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to stand strong in this area of our lives, Lord. That you would empower us to put um, big distance between us and temptation. That Holy Spirit, we pray then, we pray protection over every person here today. That Holy Spirit, that you would protect us, that you would guard us, that you would go before us, that you would be beside us, that you would be behind us. That Jesus, we declare that um, we are the living temple of God. That Holy Spirit, that you would protect every family represented here. That Lord, that the, the love of Christ would dwell. Jesus, we love you, Lord. May you be honoured, Lord. May you be glorified, Jesus. Lord, I love that you are the God of that transforms and changes. In Jesus' name.